Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Whiskey Geeks. My name is Tim. And I'm Alex, and we are two brothers on a quest to bring you the perfect pairing of whiskey and comics. Yes, we are, and we're drinking a Big Daddy. Yes. Tonight, a big boy. Big boy tonight. A big boy <laughs> bottle tonight. <laughs> big boy. Um, we're drinking Octomore, folks, which is yeah. super great. Um, we came up with this pairing very early when we decided yeah. to do this little project. This was kind of a a no-brainer of a... I mean, it's in the title. We don't need to bury the lead, really. It's Octomore and Darth Vader. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes perfect sense. Yeah, for like for a couple of reasons, right? The Octomore bottle, like for those of you that haven't seen it, it's like a jet black bottle. You can't see through it. And so like um, stylistically and just the visuals of the two kind of go together really well. Um, and then as we'll get into like the Octomore does not mess around no, when it comes to smacking you in the face. Yeah, yeah. It's a monster. So we've got very kind of different introductions to Octomore. I'll go yeah. first. Cause mine's not as cool. Yours is a lot cooler. Well, I think <laughs> I, I, I mean, know, I, you know, yeah. people can judge. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the first time I tried an Octomore was within the last like six, eight months, probably longer than that. Time is a flat circle. And I have no idea. <laughs> I, who knows? It could have been three years ago. It could have been yesterday. Um, yeah. But no, it was in the fall. Um, and it was with our club. So we started this like this, like just club with friends to just kind of do virtual whiskey tastings. And uh, we did an Isla night and it was kind of a, Hey, let's, we should maybe see if we can get an Octomore. Um, and there was one left in the province yeah. and it was like two hours from from me is down in Windsor, Ontario. But fortunately, I've got a friend. Shout out to Cobbler J. You know what? I'm going to put his link there. Cobbler J is a street <laughs> performer who runs Busker Fests, and you should all go check him out. So, ta-da, go check out Cobbler J. I called him and was like, hey, man, there's this, this is really weird, but can I e-transfer you like $220 to go buy a bottle of whiskey, and then I'll come down and pick it up for me or something? And fortunately, he was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Um, so he went and did it. And it was this bottle right here that's behind me. Um, and then uh, he was like, I've actually got a gig in like Kingston or something like that. I'm going to be driving through London next week so I can just drop it off. So it was like perfect timing. Awesome. Um, but like I'd heard about Octomore, obviously, from, you know, from the years of drinking whiskey. And it was just this, it was just really hard to get in Ontario. And when you could get it, it was like $200. And that's was a little bit out of my price range for uh, for what I was drinking. So it was kind of yeah. a you know, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. And so that was like my first kind of foray into Octomore. And I mean, since then I've now tonight will be the fourth different Octomore that I've tried in like six months because (laughs) we did the, we did the 10.1. And then recently, I mean, you can see it actually, we had a neck pour session video of you doing the 11.1 and the 11.3 because our, our, our father, whiskey dad, as we like to call him whiskey dad, picked up a bottle of 11.3 so hey you know what um you can go check out that video i'll link to that at the end of this one you can go and watch you drink those and then but tonight for me and then i'll let you talk sorry i'm being that guy tonight um you sent me this sample a long time ago when long time ago and so it's just been sitting so this is i've got the 6.1 yeah so that was the bottle that that was my second bottle of octomore um i originally had the 4.1 and then 
got the 6.1 to replace that one and then sent you that sample when we decided that we were going to do this pairing. Yeah, and we started just like been, planning everything and was like, yeah. well, I've got these whiskeys. We'll send them to you. And so, <laughs> so we've just got these like yeah. random samples in the house. Yeah. <laughs> just flying Which, around I mean, through you can see them, post. You can see them over my shoulder. Those are some Game of Thrones samples. <laughs> yeah. So... And then I, of course, could not keep my 6.1 alive. And when I was able to get a my new bottle of the 11.1, I did a bottle kill of the 6.1. So tonight I'm drinking the 11.1. Nice. Um, the associated article that goes with this uh, does talk about the 6.1, which you have. So we we can do a little. I mean, compare yeah. if. I mean, if we both hold them up real quick, just to the the camera, you can see the color difference. Yeah, uh, mine's in pretty the dark. Two. Yeah, like mine's. I mean, mine's verging on like a rose oh, color. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really like light. White wine, and mine's got that nice kind of ambery, yeah, hue to it. So, yeah, so, yeah I I first discovered Octomore when I was actually on a trip over in the UK, and I was in this uh, like small little town out in the Cotswolds of yeah. uh, Chetlam. And there's just this like little pub, this little whiskey pub that I, I would just found myself in one afternoon. And the guy, you know, I asked, Hey, like, what do you have that I can't get back in Canada? And I mean, he just to me is like, well, you say you like Isla's, but how much do you really <laughs> like Pete? Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I mean, I, I want to get smacked in the face with smoke. Like just, I'm, I'm all for it. And he goes, all right, I got, I got the thing for you. And so, yeah, he, he brought over this, jet black bottle put it down on the bar pulled the cork and he's like stick your nose in that and let me know what you think and i fell in love immediately well, i was so, gonna say like i just took a oh, smell yeah. of this 6.1 and it's it's not for the faint of heart if you're not an isla guy or girl sorry if you're not an isla person and pete's not your thing you probably want to steer clear yeah, no, this is this is not a introductory to Isla course that we're doing here tonight. This is a full-on, you must love peat smoke to enjoy this. Yes. Because otherwise, this is, this is like, so my wife will do like Bowmore, like mm-hmm. she'll do Bowmore 12, and that's about as far on the spectrum that she'll go. Right. I guarantee after I'm done recording and I go upstairs, she's going to be like, go brush your teeth. Oh, I want nothing to do with you with that breath. Yeah. 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 There's, there's times when, um, I'll pour myself a whiskey and, you know, I'm a, an Isla fan. So I do like yeah. PD stuff and there, there'll be times that I'll have like a Lafroig or a Lagavulin or something like that. And then the next morning I like come downstairs and my wife is like, what the hell were you drinking last night? Because <laughs> the kitchen smells of it because I'll just leave my whis- the glass in the sink or something like yeah. that. Or she'll like open the dishwasher and she's like, it smells like the dishwasher's on fire because <laughs> what the hell are you drinking? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, she's, my wife's had Octomore before she had the, the 10.1. She tried that and yeah. she was just kind of like, it's really weird because of the Octomore is like, so the Octomore for those who don't know, should have done this earlier. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, it's like the most heavily peated whiskey on the market. That's like their thing. It's just yeah. like ultra, ultra peated barley. And it's the crazy thing about Octomore to me, and we'll get into that as we start nosing and stuff like that. The like, it's only a five year too, which is even crazy. It's a five year old whiskey typically. Yeah. So it's like super young. So you are going to get that like crazy alcohol t- like flavor as well from that you get from young whiskeys. But even though it's like ultra peated, I find other whiskeys taste more like peat than Octomore does. 
which is like yeah. weird. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like you, they pass the threshold and then it becomes more complex again. It's a, it's a weird thing that happens with Octomore yeah, for, being, for my experiences with Octomore at least. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, again, for being a five-year-old whiskey, it's incredibly complex. There it's are nuts. multiple layers to it. You would think with something that is known for being um, like just, it's branded as the most heavily peated thing. And like, we'll get into talking about the, like the phenols part per millions, which is how they measure this. Right. Nerd so, talk. Yeah. Deep nerd cut. We're, bringing the, the, we're um, really bringing the geeks to whiskey geeks tonight. Yeah. We talk about phenols. Yeah. So the, Oh, you know what? I don't know it off the top of my head. Hold on. Let me grab the bottle. So the 10.1 comes in at 139.6. Right. Um, most Isla whiskeys, if you're talking about like Bowmore through Laphroaig quarter cask, you're looking somewhere in the 40 to like right. 55, 60 range on the high end right. of those ones. So this obliterates so, those. Sorry, what was the 10.1? So the 10.1 is 139.6. So the 6.1 that I've got is 167. Yeah. So it was even higher. And and I think there was one in the range that broke 300. It got to three, right. I think it was 304. <laughs> and I don't know if it was the seven That's or if stupid. it was the five, but it was, it was one that I, you know, like I didn't try it, but yeah, right. they were just, they're just really pushing the envelope. They've pulled it back down a little bit now. I think they've kind of found their, their sweet spot where mm -hmm. you get a very, uh, like long and complex dram when you take a sip of this. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, smelling, you can probably see I'm kind of a psycho when I nose whiskey that like not, a, not everybody can, I wouldn't recommend people smell this whiskey, how you just saw me do it. And for those listening in the audio version, I basically just bury my nose into my glass and, and smell again. I'm a friggin' nutbag. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Isla. Yeah. About anything, to be honest with you, like I almost enjoy the experience of nosing and smelling whiskeys more than tasting them. Yeah, no, I mean, I for... find like there's there's whiskeys out there. This is one of them that like I could literally I'll I'll nose whiskey for 10, 20 minutes before I even sip it. Yeah, which again, some people probably think that I'm an absolute crazy person, but. Uh, that's hey, just me. Hey, there's um, no wrong way to enjoy whiskey. That's true. That's our whole thing. So yeah. yeah. So again, I wouldn't really recommend that if it's your first experience with an Octomar, you just kind of bury your face into it and take it. No, you're going to burn the inside of your nose burn off. Your, your nose pretty <laughs> bad. Um, but for me, it's not just peat that you get on these. No, there's like, there's like fruits in it as well. And like some like spices and stuff like on the 6.1, yeah. like, I'm getting some like kind of vanilla sugary caramelly stuff, but also some like pear and apple, which is really, it's really interesting, really interesting yeah. that you get. And it comes in waves, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like the initial thing you, you first smell, you're just like, shit, that's just a punch in the face with Pete. Yeah. And then like, you kind of go back in you're like, well, there's a little bit more there. There's some sweetness to it. There's some sugars. And then there's like, this is like fruit pearish, apple-y kind of back endy thing to the nose. Yeah. Um, it's not really citrusy. Like I'm not really getting, pineapples no, like you, or anything like that melon stuff no there's there's none of that like sort of the tropical fruits yeah not that, kind of stuff. like that's that's not there but um yeah it's it's i really, need to taste this though you can yeah you go talking. i'm gonna well actually i'm gonna jump over to the to the comic side of this yeah and just talk about like what like in the huge history of star wars comics 
what did we decide to go with? So the theme that we were going here is like overpowering. So we wanted something where Vader was really on, like wow. really going and showing his strength and his just like indomitable will to uh, to overcome. So we decided I to almost go feel with- like I just got force choked by Vader because I just took a sip. For those just listening, you, <laughs> just, people watching, you probably saw it on my face as we'll you were see talking the reaction. about power and stuff like that. But like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this so, is a strong whiskey. It's, it's so nice. It's really um, nice. That one's what? 62. I mean, it's full cast strength. The 6.1 is... Uh, hang on. You bring that up. The 15... Or the, uh, the 11.1 is 59.4. Yikes. So uh, yeah, it's a lot. Do, 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 do. 57. 57? Okay, yeah. So they're both really high. Yeah. Um, and again, like, you didn't put water in yours. No. Right? No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So what we decided to pair this with was actually a Dark uh, dark, 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 dark Horse, uh, which is now one of the Legends uh, stories of Star Wars. It's uh, Star Wars Tales uh, number, nine, number 9, which is Vader versus Maul. Uh, the brawl to settle it all. So I love this book. Um, Darth Maul, one of the most underused Sith in the main like movies, an amazing run in the animated series. And in comic books, he's got several really cool arcs. Yeah. So if you're a star Wars fan out there, I mean, I think most hardcore star Wars fans have watched clone wars and rebels and stuff like that. If you haven't though, and you like, if you're just like a Star Wars fan, you're like, I've watched the movies, I love the movies and stuff, but you haven't really gone in. Like, you gotta watch Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, even it's if so it's good. even if it's just for Darth Maul, you can even go and find because of yeah Disney Plus and the streaming services where everything's there. You can go find. <clears throat> I know people have done like the ultimate Darth Maul edit episodes, yeah. right, or something like that, and you can just go and find all of the episodes that Darth Maul is in. But like. Yeah, he got punked pretty hard in the movies, but that Clone Wars show, oh, so good. And he comes back in, in Rebels, and it's yeah, amazing, bonkers, yeah. so good. So in so in this story, Vader uh, comes to a planet a, mu- a lot like Mustafar. Actually, it's mm-hmm. like smoldering volcanic planet. He shows up in the Imperial shuttle that you know we're all uh, familiar with, and what he thinks he's going to find is a rebel stopover where they've got the plans to the first, uh, the first death star. So he shows up with a squadron of stormtroopers. He says, all right, you guys all stay here and secure the landing spot. He takes two with him and he goes off to investigate these ruins. And while they're sort of descending down into these ruins, he, uh, his two stormtroopers get force choked and they turn to him and they say, why Lord Vader? Why? <laughs> and he's like, it, it wasn't me. And these three Sith acolytes show up, much like the ones that you see on uh, Exegol in The Rise of Skywalker. You know, just like these hooded, cloaked, um, pale-skinned Sith. Good job pulling Exegol out on on the fly like that. Good job. Come on now. Um, And they say that Vader is not a worthy apprentice to Emperor Palpatine. And that there's too much light in him. He was, you know, trained by a Jedi. He's still a Jedi himself. Yeah, he's, he's still Sith. Yeah, he's still a Jedi. And um, Vader's, you know, like 
does the emperor know that you're doing this? And, you know, they're like, no, he's like, you've sealed your own doom. And he goes to strike them down with the old, old red and this other red lightsaber shoots out and blocks it. And it's Darth Maul. <sighs> and they have, of course, because the Sith love to do this, as we've now seen in movies and even hinted at in the Mandalorian, um, that with all the cloning technology that we see, I mean, see through all of star Wars really, but yeah. specifically with bringing, um, Sith back from the dead and being able to have their force, like their force ghost, like put into a new body, they have resurrected Darth Maul. And what they have done is they said, um, Vader is not of the bloodline of Bane. So again, deep cut for you, star That's Wars really uh, geeks cut. out there, Darth Bane, um, going way, way back. Is it like old, older public like Revan and all those dudes it's yeah like it's you're going way back now yeah. it's not it's not that i don't think it's as far back as oh it might be the Revan the Revan timeline okay um so We're he's like you're not nerds mad by not knowing <laughs> not no I, I know like i'm calling myself an ultimate star wars geek and i'm not exactly sure what anyways whatever there's only like forty thousand years of star wars history exactly. to keep up on right um so anyways so they say Maul should have been the the heir apparent to Palpatine. So they are pitting Maul against Vader, and the entire time Maul is like owning Vader's. Yeah, ass. he whoops his ass. Like he and he, really he only refers ass. to him as like Jedi. Yeah, he's talking like he, mad he calls shit. him Jedi the whole thing. He's so, like, yeah. follow me if you can. It's like the artwork's incredible. So yeah. um, the penciler it's, for this is Rick Leonardi. It's straight last dance Jordan. Yeah, oh yeah just coming coming back after the one year off and it's just like and i took offense to that palpatine okay. took into apprentice i took offense to that i took offense to hauling ass on him <laughs> yeah. yeah so like vader's falling down he uh like he busts up his like his chest piece so like it's all sparking and um maul keeps going back to the the sith code and it's like through suffering i find power uh, oh gosh, I really should have known that off the top of my head through hate, you know, hate, anger, suffering, all the rest of it. It's funny um, to me how you were giving yourself shit for not being a super star Wars nerd. I and then know. you just drop the Sith code. I, but it's not in the right order. Right. Anyways, Maul's Maul's big thing is he hates with every part of his being. He's like, you're more machine than man, which is a great throwback in the writing to the Obi-Wan quote. And he goes, how can a machine hate? And so that's his big thing is like a Sith has to be able to hate and I hate with all of my being. And he's, yeah, like he's just owning them for about, I don't know, the majority of the book. And it's a 64 page comic and yeah. it is basically like a long fight scene and it's yeah. action packed and it's amazing read. And, and of course, I mean, we all know Vader's going to come out of this triumphant. And so he's got, you know, his chest plate sparking he breaks um, Darth Maul's saber, much like Obi-Wan does. Yeah, like smashed in half, but he's got both working. So now he's dual wielding um, his lightsabers. And he actually like knocks Vader down, disarms him. He uh, punches him across his fate. So now his mask is sort of uh, messed up too. And he says, this is why you failed Jedi. Like you don't know, like you don't know anguish. You don't know hate. And there's like a rumbling because the volcano and the lava that they've been jumping over top of is about to uh, erupt. And Vader, of course, gets his lightsaber right as Maul's about to do the killing strike. 
and he actually stat like he ignites his saber through his own stomach to then impale Maul behind him. It's a pretty gangster move. It's so cool. Like the art on that is is so amazing with the different boxes as it goes across. And Maul says, "How? How could you defeat me? How could? What do you hate that brings you this much power?" And Vader says, "Myself." Ooh. And that's where he gets his hate and his power from. And I was just like, great line. Oh, great line. Yeah. So yeah, just the the overpowering of Vader, like willing to go to whatever length it is to to like to be the strongest. And yeah. Yeah. Just which is super, much similar cool to what story. to what Brooklady, which by the way, that's the first time in this podcast that we've said the distillery. The actual distillery. Yeah. Whoops. Uh shout outs to Brooklady. Um forgiven Bru- this gem. Brooklatic if you would like. Um, uh, but yeah, much like them with like going the extra mile, doing what needs to be done to have the strongest, the strongest, be the strongest out there. Um, yeah, because uh, hot shit. I love Octomar, man. Yeah. So I, so I, after my long spiel, I just took my first uh, sip. It's just a whole mouth experience. It like, really is. The, like we we've talked about mouthfeel before. Yeah. This one, you get it on the tongue. It's a super long finish that you get going all the way down. It brings, I mean, obviously it's a full cast strength. And so you feel it going down, but yeah. you get it in the cheeks. It like saturates right in. Um sits down on the tongue, gives yeah. you a lot of that flavor. It's yeah. It's great. It's it's not like an everyday dram, but anyways. No. I mean um, <laughs> I this, these are special drinks. I love it, but yeah, I can't. Yeah. You know, you're not going to drink this all the time. And again, like especially for the price point that this one's coming in on. Um, yeah, like so this so the ten point one was two twenty. I think it was two. I think it was two twenty five at the LCD. Okay. We are in Ontario, Canada. So yeah. the the ten one I believe was two two twenty five. Yeah. Um, so I got <clears throat> mine from craft sellers, uh, out, which is out in Calgary in Alberta, different, yeah. slightly different structure for pricing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I think I got mine for like, I think it was just under 200. Yeah. Um, and then there was like shipping and tax. So, I mean, it came out to close to the same price, but I could get it. And that's so, like, I mean, that's why we did that. Yeah. So, uh, so the LCBO does have the 11.1 listed on their site they're sold out completely okay but they had it for 250 okay yeah so so like all little, things it's going up yeah um oh man some of these whiskeys i'm finding are starting to get a little cost prohibitive <laughs> which is super frustrating yeah and i mean especially for having something that you can like just having yourself like to drink like i mean we're like we're both really fortunate that our dad is like a super you know super whiskey guy and so like we we do get a lot of stuff yeah. either like through him or as gifts and like, yeah i mean every birthday christmas what have you we're giving each other bottles just as like that's just what we do right so like yeah. we've got a a fairly nice collection but to go out and get something like this um if it wasn't a special occasion like so for me the 11.1 was my 40th birthday gift to myself right so that's why I have a bottle of it because I was like, look, I'm out of the other one. This is my treat for myself for becoming 
well, as my kids would say, old now. No, um, you're old as fuck, man. Yeah, no, I know. It's yeah, yeah older brother straight syndrome. Up. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> straight up old as old as hell. Old as all yeah. hell. So um, yeah, no, that's totally true. You know, we're we're very fortunate and obviously not everybody <laughs> can just go out and be buying bottles and all that stuff. Like my birthday gift this year from you guys was this Balwini week of Pete, which I haven't even cracked yet. Um because I'm going to do a neck pour sessions video for it. And I just haven't, there's been other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, this is not complaining because I'm well aware that that is quite the priv- privilege to have is, Oh, I have too much whiskey to drink. Um, but it's work. So yeah, <laughs> but we'll, work. we'll get to it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the cost of these Octomores is, is pretty intense. Um, much like the taste, but I mean, it's super good. Um, as a celebration thing, I honestly, I think if you're, if you're like an Isla fan, if you've never had an Octomore before and you've got the opportunity to try it at a bar or if there's like a whiskey shop near you or a whiskey, you know, if you see someone doing uh, tastings, cause it's a lot of people yeah. doing like virtual tastings and stuff. Now, if you have the opportunity to try it and you like PD stuff, it is an experience that I think yeah. every whiskey drinker should have. Yeah. Um, I know there, there are a lot of people out there I've seen online who really dunk on Brooklotti and especially for the Octomore line, mostly because of the price. They mostly say like, oh, it's kind of gimmicky. Like the, oh, let's just cram a bunch of peat in it. It's a five-year whiskey. So they have to hide, they have to hide how not great it is by just overpeating it. But I completely disagree with those people myself. I, I really, really like the run. And I think yeah. all of the additions that I've had have been pretty great. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks since I've it's had been that. A while. Oh, damn it. <laughs> since doing, since trying the 11, one and 11, three, but this, I'm kind of thinking I like this six, one better yeah. to be honest. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think the six, one had a little bit more going like a little bit more going yeah. on. Um, and not to take anything away from the 11.1 because like like you said i'm i've been a big fan of all the different ones that i've had the i mean really the privilege of being able to try and i mean brooklotic hasn't become one of the like world's largest <laughs> producers of isla whiskey for doing things poorly no. so no. like i get that sometimes there's like you know some fad whiskey that comes out that everyone sort of jumps on um jumps on the bandwagon for like I found that with like with beer where everyone was trying to make everything hoppier. Yeah. Like, and it just like, and it just, for me, it just like went out of, like it lost control and just went too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like that happened with Octomore. Like I know people have started like people, distillers have started making things um, like doing their own versions, like something like this with trying to get more peat and more peat just to experiment with that. And, I mean, it really does come down to a science and like what these master distillers are trying to do. And right. I'm all for the experimentation. Um, Heck yeah. Like if you don't like this, don't drink it. Um, yeah. Like More for I me. would never. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would never tell someone like, no, no, you have to like this. Like, yeah. look, if you don't like Pete, you're not going to like this. I don't spend the money. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of things like um, like Ardbeg, if you really like the, the Laphroaig, um, like specifically the, like the higher, like the higher, uh, alcohol. Yeah. If you get, like, if you get into the Karchus series, which yeah. we've got, I think next week's neck pour session episode is, is the, this year's Karchus. 
okay. which is like a port and wine cask, which I recorded a while ago. Um, and that's like super strong, really peaty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you liking that stuff, especially the like stronger alcohol stuff, then yeah. Octomore is great. Yeah. You're going to love it. You're going to yeah, love like it. Like I, yeah. We uh, so in the in the virtual tasting that we did with our with our club where we we featured this, there was a couple people. Well, I mean, a lot of people had never tried this, so this was sort yeah. of the it was the last dram of the night. Um, if you're ever doing a flight and this is here, drink this last. Um, I can't think of yeah. anything <clears throat> else that I've tried that I would drink before this in a flight. Like I think this would have to be last. Just, yeah. just for your, just for your taste buds. Like your palate yeah. is obliterated after this. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll finish, finish the story first and then yeah. we'll talk about the stupid, um, dumb flight tasting that we did with our dad the other night. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so there's a couple of people, you know, like we, you know, it was an Isla one. So we had a few different things and then we got to this and we sort of explained the story and people were starting to sniff and, you know, we've got like whatever, like 18, 20 people up on our Zoom screen on uh, on the computer. And a few of the people are just like, they've got their thing on mute and they're laughing yeah. in, uh, on the screen. And then we told everyone to go out and get some... Actually, no, we didn't tell them I to go sent. get it. You, We sent it with yeah, them. We yeah, we included it. So we had a piece of dark chocolate, which if you haven't done, the next time you drink something that's heavily peated, get some dark chocolate and then take a sip, yeah. then take a bite and then go back. And one person just like, burst out laughing yeah. and it, it was my favorite experience we've had on one of our virtual tastings because he was just beside himself as to how good it was and how much it actually changed the flavor profile of yeah. the Octomore. It's really cool. So it's such a, it's, that's like such a cool thing yeah. to do. Um, yeah. What was our lineup on that Isla night? Was it Talisker? Do we start there? Even though it's not an Isla, I think we started Talisker. So we did Talisker Storm. We did Talisker did... Storm, Colila. Kolila, the Bunahaben Toich and a that's, that's right, the Toich and a Toich and, a and then this. and then and then this, yeah. <clears throat> which is a pretty cool one. But yeah, talking about like you don't want to mix this with other with other things. The <laughs> the other night we did a we did a tasting with our with Whiskey Dad and Whiskey Rad, his buddy Rad, mm-hmm. and we started. We went Lafroig Lore, yeah, into the Lafroig Karchis, into the Octomore Eleven Point One. And finish with the Octomore eleven point three, yeah, which was like a, I ludicrous. mean, ludicrous. It's a ludicrous amazing. Lineup. It was I very, mean, it was very amazing. good, amazing. Yeah, but that's like that's so much Pete. That's so much Pete. And I really kind of felt at the end, like I can't taste anything. All I'm <laughs> tasting is campfire at this point and Pete yeah. smoke. Um, yeah. But it was very, yeah. very good. So. Yeah, uh, and again, super fortunate to be able to. Oh yeah, do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So. We like, want to talk I wanted about, to talk about, well, I wanted to talk a bit more about Vader and just yeah. some of the other, like, I'll talk awesome Vader all night, Vader stories um, that are out there. Oh, so, can I give you my favorite one? Yeah, yeah. My favorite. So there's like a bunch of like newer comics that have been really, really good with Vader, mm. but like they did like a six issue Vader, Vader down. Yeah, that crossover. The crossover. It was mm-hmm. one of those like events where it was like this main Star Wars book and then a Darth Vader book. And then like, I think it was like, then there was then Princess there was, Leia or something like that. There was like all these tie-ins of their yeah. Star Wars comic books, but they did this like six issue, which I think you can get in a trade now. You can. They released the Vader down as a trade. Yes, they did. Oh, you've got it. Yeah, there it is. It's <laughs> it's um, so it basically it's like his Tie Fighter gets shot down, and then like all of the Rebel Alliance is like, oh, just Vader's down on him. 
Vader's dad, like, oh, Vader's ship went down. Let's go get him. Yeah. And he just. So it's. So yeah, Vader down one. Ass. Darth Vader 13 to 15. And then Star Wars 13 and 14. Right. Is what it collects. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's been a couple of years since I've read it, but I remember grabbing issue one from the comic shop of Vader down and reading it being yeah. like, this is really cool. And then yeah. like, and then realizing like, Oh, it's an event. Okay, cool. Well, I'm not reading any other star Wars books right now, but I had to go and like yeah, find get the, them every week. I was yeah. getting them. Cause that, that was such a fun one. What about you? Um, so there was another one where it was Vader and the ninth assassin. So mm. there have been like eight, other assassins that have like tried to go out to kill Vader. And so this is the story of the ninth assassin who has been tracking him and they end up on a planet and there's this awesome like cat and mouse. There's some monsters that are, you know, like pop up that he also has to deal with while he's getting chased. Dig it. Um, so that one, that one's really cool. Um, there's, there's one called Vader and the lost command where Vader's actually demoted by the emperor <laughs> for a failure and he's like put underneath a i mean an imperial admiral like i don't like just whoever's like i think maybe an admiral like not like thrawn but some someone like that who's in charge of like a superstar destroyer and the emperor's like you report to him now and it's it's i mean it doesn't end well for that guy let's just say no. that so it's there's a little bit of vader like trying to restrain himself to do what the emperor wants and then at the same time be, he's like f this guy oh man i'm gonna do me <laughs> it would be so good if he was put on a star destroyer with hux <laughs> from the new trilogy <laughs> yeah that was such a hilarious character yeah so i mean there's there's a bunch of um there's a bunch of other like really cool ones and i mean and he's got like even just the most recent like vader like vader centric arcs like i'm i'm doing the most recent one which is just coming into um there's gonna be another tie crossing event with uh it's like a bounty hunter um series which is right around when han is getting um into carbonite oh, okay so and like there's you know so there's a tie in there as well so nice. that's that's been pretty cool nice um, but yeah i just he's he's i mean he's the best villain ever yeah probably right like i mean he's got the most iconic entrance like i mean dude knows how to come into a room um yeah i mean like first the- Although yeah. I guess even now and like with um, Rogue One is the best Rogue Vader One moment. Is so good. Yeah, and the moment I'm talking about is the "Don't choke on your ambitions." That was the best Vader moment <laughs> of all time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where, yeah, some of the worst script writing Ugh. I think I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie, and that's saying something. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, but when no. he when he shows up at Rogue the end, it's just that. So fucking that bananas. was incredible, and then how that led into the start of a new hope. <laughs> where like he just yeah. walks in and uh anyways so great yeah yeah vader rules i you know what yeah, he probably is the best bad guy best villain of all time yeah i mean it's just we usually do little lists at the end of the episodes and we kind we had thought about like do we talk about best villain of all time but like well no because it's it's not really a competition <laughs> yeah when it ends with vader <laughs> so uh, yeah you know. already know it's gonna win but we do want to talk about other things we do want to come up with another yeah fun list that you you had the idea of well, I thought of, yeah, so like because this book is basically just about this one duel between the two of them, I thought like, okay, so what are the other best duels that exist? And at first I was thinking like, okay, like just what are the other best ones in Star Wars? 
Yeah, because that's a good list we could do. Yeah, but I was like, well, why limit it to just that? And then you had a really good point. It's like, okay, is a duel just 1v1? Yeah, what constitutes because, a duel? Because the because I, the best one in Star Wars is what they call the Duel of the Fates, which is Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Maul. So yeah, that's not really a duel, technically. I mean, it's like at the end, it ends with duels. But anyways, yeah, are we going so just with that? Because so I've got... I've got a couple of honorable mentions that right. I want to bring up. Yeah. Um, All right. So yeah, go ahead. Well, like a couple, like, do you count the Rocky movies? Like, would that be a duel? So or I guess when just I was a fight. Yeah. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking of like more sword play. Okay. So like with weapons. Got it. Got it. Got it. With, I All mean, right. doesn't have to be a lightsaber, but that that's what I was thinking because I also thought of um, Frank Dukes and Chung Lee, which is the second so, time we've mentioned Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, because I had that in my notes. Next, I was okay. like, if we're counting Rocky, then we have to count Bloodsport. And then yeah. I'm like, can we count Mortal Kombat? I was, and then we can count Johnny Cage and Scorpion <laughs> because Johnny Cage Scorpion is amazing. And then the Liu Kang Sub Zero, but I would also put Scorpion and Sub Zero from the new movie. Also, side note, for those who just watch us on YouTube, we did an audio-only version where we reviewed the new Mortal Kombat movie. If you haven't listened to that, you can go and check that out in our podcast feed. Go and do that. Um, but some other some other good ones. So my notes are hilarious because my wife and I were just talking about this. Um, so if we can count Duel of the Fates, I mean, mm-hmm. two V1s. One that we thought was really great is Hobbs and Shaw versus uh, Brixton Lore at the end of Hobbs and Shaw against oh. Idris Elba. Oh, that's great. Right? Because oh, that didn't fight. Even think of that. Mm hmm. Because that fight kicked ass. Oh. Very, well, very good one. So, all right. So, we didn't talk about this, but that just got me thinking. We can then do Hobbs versus Dom mm-hmm. at the end of five? five? Six? Six. Because they've six. got weapons, because he's got a giant ass wrench. <laughs> and one's got a wrench and one's got a pipe or something, something like that. that. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the edit where that they'll both get turned into lightsabers, oh, go find that cool. on YouTube because that's really funny. That's pretty good. Um so those ones are good. Yeah. Um and then I've got some so the, <laughs> there's one uh can we count Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Which Oh, that that kitchen scene? Which my note here is sex fight. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, it's hands down the best fight that turns into sex. I think so. Yeah. So it's the best sex fight ever. Now, I, I mean, um, I'm not sure how deep that list is. <laughs> it's probably not that big of a list. But, but yeah, that that was a really cool scene. But like, that's a that's an incredible. Because I was trying to think, like, are there any cool gunfight duels? And like, there's probably some old western shit that was really cool. Some Clint Eastwoody stuff. Or but but like the thing was like, there's a lot of there's a lot of awesome action well, movies, the, but like, there's not a lot of gunfight duels. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. but I thought that was, a, that was a good one. There's, there's some um, cool stuff in like in wanted where they're like, yeah, bending but like the bullets to like hit each other. But again, it's not really, it's not really dueling. Right. Cause yeah. it's, you know, as the, cause if we were like, it was gotta be a John wick something, but like, that's John wick against a thousand people. <laughs> so but it's not him, really a him, duel. him against common. Him against common is probably a good one. Um, Badass. and there's a lot of them that are like short and really sweet. Like I almost, an honorable honorable mention like a sub honorable mention 
and this is probably just a nostalgia thing for me, is Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones at the end of Under Siege, the knife fight. Oh, the knife fight. Oh, that is a good one. Right? Yeah. Uh, it could just be that I love that movie as a kid, which that's, I mean a movie I shouldn't have watched as a kid. Fun. That's fine. But we watched, um, the, we watched the crap out of that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I've got two more, and then I've got like two real ones. Okay. Um, Peter Griffin versus the giant chicken. All iterations. Every time it happens. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, Austin Powers versus Mini-Me. Also very, very funny. We just recently, we were just like, there was like a weekend where we were like, we just want to watch something dumb. And I'm like, I haven't watched the Austin Powers movies in a long time. So we watched like the entire trilogy in a weekend. Nice. Hot damn. Those movies are still, still, still uh, very funny. Still hilarious. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Austin Powers versus Mini-Me is a very, very funny one. Nice. Um, what about you? You got you got a list. I just talked a yeah. lot. No, no. So I I went the other way, and I immediately was thinking sword, like sword fights. So the f- I've, I mean, I've got well, I've got one that's yeah, my yeah. top one, which you probably yeah. have as a top one as well. Probably. Okay. So the the first one that I thought of was the um, Aragorn versus the Orc at the end of Fellowship of the Rings. Mm, it's a good one. Um, like that sword fight, which again, it's like short. short but yeah. brutal yeah and like and really cool you know like you get the orc pulling the sword through him yeah the end of it get closer and yeah the so, shield throw that pins him to the tree yeah is pretty cool yeah so that that was really good um i had the the man in black versus anigo mantoya on the mountaintop so that's um after the wailing wall or the wailing the cliffs of insanity yeah um so like that one because i love the like I am not left-handed and like that's, that whole reveal. Like it's just, that's a lot of fun. That is the best duel of all time. <laughs> Anybody can fight. I don't care. That's my number one of all time. Yeah. Okay. Of course. It's, it's so great. Per, it tells a story. It's suspenseful. It's got humor. Like it is an, it's like perfect storytelling with yeah. sword fighting. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. That, that, um, that's, that's hands down my number one. Yeah. So, yeah, so there, there was that, I mean, in the star Wars universe, like Anakin versus Obi-Wan in revenge of the Sith is fantastic. Um, really liked that. Um, a couple honorable mentions and chosen one. (laughs) I hate you. So many memes, all the memes. Um, the, there was some really cool swordplay in the Witcher. Now there wasn't, I haven't watched that yet. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could say, yeah, twice. It's not going to change it. I mean, I saw you say that you hadn't watched it. Um, anyways, like Henry, Henry Cavill was awesome as Geralt. And like, I actually watched a little docuseries on his like sword training Mm. about it, which was like, it was really cool, but anyways, but there's no like definitive like moment, like, you know, he's a monster hunter and there's some awesome, awesome sword play. Yeah. So yeah. So that's like, those were my like sort of my two I'm yeah. like blade awesome with the sword, like cutting through the vampires. That's not like dueling, um, though, right? but it's like, not dueling and that's the thing. So um, I'm sure there are quite a few that, you know, we're missing and haven't. Uh, well, I mean like star with. Wars, there's a ton that we can yeah. mention, right? Oh like yeah. The I mean, like, Yoda versus Dooku is super fun. Yeah. That movie is incredibly problematic. Um, <laughs> not that scene though, <laughs> but that scene <laughs> yeah. kicks a lot of ass. Um, yeah, I mean like 
Ray Kylo Ren. There's some good ones. Like there's, yeah, there's a bunch of cool ones. I mean, if we would get into the animated series, Oh God, there's like a shit ton of like really awesome. Yeah. Like I was not really dueling, but it's like Ezra and Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to forget his name. The guy that Freddie Prince jr. Played Ezra Bridgers. Yes. Oh, Sorry, nerds. Yep. Nope, blanket. It's gone. Um, against the the, uh, the acolytes, I think they were called. Yeah. Like that's all of those episodes. Those are great. Were, not acolytes. Um, the um, oh, the, the sisters. The oh, sisters. No, it's no. the fuck. Go look it up. I look it up. You, yeah, because I've because I got a couple others. Um, the mountain versus the red viper in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, is every time I rewatch that scene, I'm like. Just kill him. Don't step so close. Don't be an idiot. You've got him. <laughs> and so love that. Um, and then I I know a lot of people that like shit on Troy. I love that movie. And the Achilles versus Hector fight is great. So those are the other those are the other two that I had on my list. Kanan Jarrus. Kanan. Thank you. Kanan Kanan. Thank you. Kanan. Um yeah, and they weren't. The Inquisitors. God, there we go. Kanan versus the was, Grand Inquisitor. The Inquisitors yeah. in in Rebels. Rebels has yeah. some great ones. So we're gonna get, we're gonna do a full Game of Thrones thing because again I pointed out we've we just got the entire Game of Thrones whiskey run from our dad because he collected all of them so he gave us samples. So we're gonna do a couple little like bonus episode stuff where we like talk Game of Thrones. I it sucks that. I'm not going to talk long about this because we'll get into it in full detail. It sucks that people hated that last season so much because I really feel like the entire property has really fallen out of favor with folks. I know. Like it's like the last two episodes. And I know people had problems with the whole season. I'm, and I, we talked about this with mortal Kombat in the mortal Kombat podcast where it's like, I really try and like, I know how hard it is to make some, like it's super hard to make a show or a movie. Yeah. And it's not like they were purposely trying to make something bad or no. shitty. So I don't know, for me, we'll get into some more detail. For me, Game of Thrones ended fine. How yeah. they got the, how they got there may have been a little weird, yeah. but like I, I didn't come out of Game of Thrones as pissed off as what seems like everybody on the planet was. Yeah. So I think the end of Game of Thrones ended at the way it was always going to end. I think it felt a little rushed, yeah. but I, I don't like fundamentally disagree with the character choices that were made. Right. And, and again, and even it like the hound versus the mountain in one of the final episodes, that battle up the staircase. Oh, see, that was great. Was incredible. Yeah. And That's it had incredible moments. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're not going to yes, talk more. We about will that. dive but, deep into that later. Yes. But the, so, the mountain versus red viper, to this so to this day, my wife that traumatized my wife forever. Anytime anything like that comes up, she just shivers because the end of that is so brutal. Yeah. Um, which by the way, whoever did the sound design at the <laughs> end of that duel is both like such an asshole, but like a fucking genius because <laughs> that's what stuck with me was the sound. Yeah. The sound of that fight was just it was really something like mortal Kombat fatality level gross. Yeah. Um, but good for them. Yeah. You're very okay. good at your job. They, they nailed it. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, for me, the best duel of all time is Princess Bride. Yeah. It and was, I will it was fight great. anybody. <laughs> um, and just for the sake of putting it out there, uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort had a great duel. And so did Harry and Voldemort. Suck it, Orbex. Yeah. Harry Potter's <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything specifically uh, because of that comment. But nah. yeah. Um, yeah. In um, which one? Deathly Hall. Wait. Started Deathly Hollows? The Ministry of Magic? Was that the Voldemort Dumbledore one? Or was that yeah, five? It's the, that's the end of Order of the Phoenix. End of five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Time freezes great. the sand. Yeah. Yeah. All, all yeah. great. Yeah. Super cool. Um, cool, man. This All is right, fun. Yeah. I still have a little bit of Octomore left. So yeah, I'm so why? Um, so like, kill this. Tell me. Oh, we got a great. What these. are your? No, no, yeah, that too. But I was gonna say, like, take take another sip and just take me through. Like, what are you getting on the finish of this? As Ooh. like, just finish as you, the podcast by talking about the finish of the whiskey. Yeah, because it. it's you know it develops a bit as you uh, get down to the bottom of the glass and you've got it in your mouth for a bit. Sorry for the awkward silence. Yeah, as we both drink. The on mic yeah <laughs> um so the finish of these whiskeys is just so long like it just doesn't stop which is the craziest part about about and this is one of the things that i really like about cask strength whiskey as a whole like yeah. just i'm a huge fan of like give me a whiskey that's 50 percent and up and i'm in yeah and it's mostly because of the long finishes that you get yeah on them so this one, it's like, you obviously get the peat, right? And you just get this like warmth. Um, and like I talked about like earlier, there is like those like fruit notes and stuff, but like the finish on, on this, on the 6.1 is like, there's some like vanilla sugary sweetness that creeps in at the end, but it's just yeah. like a warm, spicy, delicious, like it's smoky, but it's, it's such it's a smoky. different... It's it's not it's not a peat smoke that it, that you're used to. Yeah, it's and that's the only it's way always, that I can describe it. Yeah, like I was gonna say, be, like for a lot of the peated, like heavily peated stuff, it's a bit older. So for me, what you get with this one being only five years, you get some of that hot spiciness from the yeah. oak that hasn't mellowed out yet from the aging process. So right. it's long, it's smoky, but it's still a little spicy. Yeah. And which, which actually gives it more of a complex feel, um, as the, like, as the finish continues down and like, and really just like warms you to the core. Uh huh. And yeah. Yeah. So it's great. It um, with that, let's real good. It sure does. Let's move yeah, let's... on to our Canadian whiskey geek, CWG gradings of yeah, these let's... two things. And then our pairing grade rate these suckers and get out of here. Yeah, so uh, comic first. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan. Obviously, uh, I mean, you know, I'm wearing a Yoda shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I picked this uh, this specific variant cover that I've got, picked it up at the Ottawa Comic-Con. I have read it multiple times. Um, these are two of my favorite characters um, in geekdom. So I'm coming in at an 8.5 for the book. Nice. Because I really like the story. I like the theme of the hatred and anger and drawing power from that. And just, so yeah, 8.5 for me. Nice. Um, I only read it once. (laughs) It was a (laughs) while ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, the story's dope. 
anytime you're going to put two Sith Lords together in a fight is great. Anytime you get a book that's just a giant duel is also great. Um, I think if I was to read it again, I would probably put it at an 8.5, but I'm going to go on a solid 8. Obviously, it didn't catch me to the point where I ran out and bought it. Yeah. But that's me. I think yeah. when I read this too, um, I was in the middle of reading. I went through this like big kick of like, I'm reading Dark Ark and Unholy Grail. And I'm like, I went kind of away from the Star Wars comic books. Yeah. When I read this one for like, again, a while ago when we were, uh, when you're working on the article for this, but I'm going to give it an eight. It's, I mean, it's a solid book. I definitely want to read it again. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go after hearing you talk about it again and remembering, I'm probably going to go see if I can pick it up. Yeah. Nice. Um, Why don't you go first with the whiskey here? It's really hard to put this below a nine. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just going to be, just be As real and just big be quick. Fans of Isla, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, I can't go. I can't go ten on it. Um, because that's saved for very special stuff. Um, but I honestly, I giving this an the thought of giving an Octomore in eight, five seems sacrilegious for some reason. So nine, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite whiskeys period. Mm. So like, and I've had the privilege of trying a, like a lot, a good variety, um, all the different regions across the world. And, when I was asked by one of my buddies what my, if I could have anything in my glass right now, what would it be? I said Octomore. Now that could have been, it was in the winter, it, you know, just, it could have just been the mood I was in, but that's what I said at the time. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the quarter grading, which we haven't done yet. I'm going for a 9.25 <laughs> and the only thing that's not putting this at a 9.5 for me is that increasing price point. It's 250 right. bucks. Yeah. So it's, that's how, I mean, but again, I'm a huge fan of Isla. I love smoke. I put liquid smoke into everything I can squeeze it into when I'm cooking. That's just my palate. I love this stuff. So um, it would be a 9.5 for me if it wasn't that price point. Um, yeah. So I'm going to put it down to a 9.25 just because I like it a bit more than a nine and because it's our podcast and I can score it, whatever I want. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. For me, the price is, ugh. it's just At, a lot. One is because like, I was At just 220. Thinking, what else can you get for 250? Well, I mean like for under that, you can get Buna 18, which is my, yeah. yeah. Buna Haben 18. That would, I was thinking when you were talking, I was like, what would be my answer? If someone says, if you can have anything in your glass, I mean, if I could say the Buna 46 or the Deanston oh, 40, which yeah. I've had the privilege of tasting both of those, I would probably like the Deanston 40 year old was an insane whiskey that I got to, I got to try. Yeah. Um, but I mean like of something that's actually gettable, I would probably say Buna Haben 18 would be my like, what would you put in your glass? Yeah. And, and the fact less that less than this, the fact that when that's available, it's just under 200 or right around $200 is 50 bucks less yeah. than this. 
Yeah. Like that's, and I mean, they're, they're very different whiskeys. hundred percent different experience. Right. And like yeah. the experience, the first time I tried the 10.1, the Octomore 10.1, like I like got all the whiskeys for the tasting and I was like, okay, I want to like make sure that like the order that we have them makes sense. And we were like building, like we knew we were putting the Octomore last, but I was like, I need to try this. Like, I, yeah, you've had, you'd had like two bottles of it. Like I knew all these people who had had it and I was like, I've never tried it. I need to just try like this tiniest little bit. And I remember the first time I sipped it, I was just like, what the hell? Like, what is this? What is this liquid going into my mouth? Like, how did they do that? Like, it was just, it's a mind bending experience. Yeah. So again, you can't, I can't put it below a nine, but a 9.25, even a nine, five. So if, I mean, five, if you give it a nine, five, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, so, pairing. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'll just say nine. Yeah. It, it's a nine for me. Yeah. It's Vader's awesome. It's Aquamore's kind of awesome. Yeah. They both just go really well together. Just I mean, it's the yeah, overpowering exactly. nature there. It's brute force. It's, there is that, like, if you get deep into the star Wars lore, there's that underlying gentleness invader yep that like only comes out sometimes like in yep. some of the newer comics he's having flashbacks with padme and anyways so like it's kind of like the underlying sweetness in the octomore that you that you can pick up i mean it's not always on your first dram of this because it is like it's overpowering and if you're not yeah. used to it that's all you're going to get but um if you can get past that there is some subtlety to it as well so it's yeah it's a straight up nine for me yeah i agree for all of those reasons yeah i mean there's just I can say the exact same things that, that you just said, but yeah, it's true. But yeah, sweet. It's pretty great. Well, man, this was fun. Yeah. As always, um, make sure you are going to our website, the whiskey geeks.com. Look at that. It just showed up underneath. Amazing. Uh, it's, and it shows right there that there's an E in whiskey. Yes. And for those listening to the podcast, <laughs> check the podcast description because all of our it's links there are there. Too. Um, but you wrote a really fantastic article about, um, about, the Octomore and uh, this book. So you can go and check that out. You'll get some different information than you got tonight as well. You can follow us on Instagram at the whiskey geeks. It's there as well. We do try and post pretty regularly, but uh, come join the crew. It's fun. We like to talk to people, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. Um, Let us know what your favorite star Wars like Vader moment is what was your favorite comic that had him in that I could literally talk Star Wars I mean until the internet ran out so which probably won't happen anytime soon so not gonna happen uh come hang out with us it's a fun time um follow us on everything we've got an email address as well if you want to really get into it email wise uh it's the whiskey geeks at gmail.com so yeah you can do that and uh yeah this is really great make sure you're coming back Sorry, one last plug for those just listening to this. If this is your first time with us, we also do uh, we do two episodes a week. So we do a short box, and, uh, which is a comic. So we, every week we do a comic book review. Uh, and then on Fridays, we alternate between these full, long, hilarious podcasts where we talk forever. Uh, and then a shorter one where we review whiskeys. So we've got whiskey reviews. We've got comic book reviews. We've got lots of stuff. So come along, folks. Please a lot of fun subscribe button. Yeah. Please. Some we want to make articles. this 
we want to make this a job. So please hit subscribe <laughs> yeah. so we can start monetizing and make money. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, so we can spend more time doing this. Exactly. Um, so there's, yeah, there's some fun guides on the, on the website, like intros to whiskey, intros to comics. If you're new to either and you're trying to get in, we want to make this as approachable and easy as it can be, you know, it's, it can be, and we've said this before, but it can be intimidating when you walk into the, you know, your local liquor store and you look and you can't pronounce the names of any of the bottles that you see. So yeah. we've got those guides to sort of help you on your way. So if, uh, if you haven't read those, like check them out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. The whiskey geeks at gmail.com. Shoot, shoot us an email cool. and call and response. Hey. When you hear those sweet tunes coming in at the intro, um, Go and check him out on Spotify. Buy his stuff. Thank you so much for the use of your song. There's something about your love. It's playing right now underneath us. It's yeah, it is. It's great. It's a, a cool My song. My new a, favorite song. Yeah, it's a cool song by an even cooler person. So go and check him out. Look at that. His socials just flashed and are in the podcast description as well. So make sure you're giving him some love too. So uh, that's going to be it for this week, this episode of the Whiskey Geeks. We appreciate everybody coming and hanging out. And uh, hey, may the force be with you. Sir. May the force be with you. And remember, scotching stories they belong together. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>